1: What is up, Dolphin fans? And welcome into the Wednesday, February the fifth edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield, and as always, I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, some roster notes courtesy of Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Is cornerback suddenly a top need on this roster? Plus, those tricky fins, we know Miami called more trick plays than anybody this year, but what was the net result of those plays? And we'll peek ahead to the offseason, one soon-to-be free agent that encompasses what Miami might look at, the Patriots' looming player decisions and Miami's Super Bowl odds for 20. Twenty-one, all of that and more but first before any of it i kindly invite each and every one of you to subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts. leave us a rating leave us a review go ahead and give me a follow on twitter it's at wingfield nfl voted then i'm to follow on dolphins twitter by dolphins twitter you can find the show at locked on fins we'll follow you back and of course locked on for all your daily blog content on your miami dolphins So the first story of the day on this Wednesday is one that I don't care to speculate too much on, the Xavier Howard audio from his fiance's call to 911 after the alleged altercation that happened in their house back in January, I believe it was the day after the Dolphins win over the Patriots, so late December Either way you look at it, this is not good, and if this stuff can be confirmed, then I think we should put the football stuff on the back burner. That just has to wait, because one of the things that annoys me to no end on Twitter and social media and the like are football fans that gloss over serious character issues or make excuses for a player's behavior just because he plays for their favorite team. To me, it's actually quite sickening. So rather than talk about the potential football impact, I'll just say I really hope there's more to this story that we don't have available to us right now because that stuff that's out there is just not acceptable and perhaps that's what the Dolphins do have more information because Flores spoke about X and he referred to him as X the day this became public knowledge way back in December and in the Barry Jackson article we learned that the Dolphins are in fact committed to X but that won't stop them from exploring the cornerback market Jackson mentions that even despite the legal trouble of Xavier Howard, the Dolphins remain committed to their big money star lockdown cornerback, hopefully their Stephon Gilmore of this defense. But despite that commitment to X, it's not going to stop the Dolphins from exploring the free agent cornerback market or possibly a high resource draft pick at the cornerback position. This piece on the MiamiHerald.com titled One position where the Dolphins feel they're good enough and another they're not, and that position, the latter position where they don't feel they're good enough is in fact the cornerback spot, and that makes sense. We've talked for months on this podcast and on my Twitter timeline about the Dolphins not valuing front seven resources the way some other teams across the league might do it. But more so, that's true of the edge rusher position. After all, those are the most expensive positions on the field, Sands, the quarterback. So building the defense through the secondary is not only a Flores specialty from the New England tree, it's also more financially feasible. And so, in this piece, despite Nick Needham being here, who the team still feels very good about, Jackson opines that. That Miami could be in the market for a top dollar free agent or an early draft pick at the cornerback spot. So Logan Ryan, the Titans cornerback, makes a ton of sense here. He knows the program, played with the Patriots and Brian Flores and Josh Boyer in the past. He plays physical. He's a press cover corner, an excellent run supporter. He plays inside and outside, slot and perimeter. He's my leader in the clubhouse if the Dolphins go after a free agent on the cornerback market. You've also got Chris Harris Jr., who Brian Flores has praised in the past for the way Chris Harris gave them flexibility in Denver to play man coverage across the board with three good cover corners in Talib Harris and Bradley Roby. You've also got Byron Jones out there, and he actually tied with Nick Needham in touchdowns allowed this year in the NFL for cornerbacks, but I always remain skeptical of stats like that. There's an example of the Patriots game, that Week 17 finale, a third down and four, the Dolphins send a three-man rush, and Needham carries his route across the field to Mohamed Sanu, but he breaks the play down and extends, and Needham gets beat and gives up a big play. But that That was good coverage that just didn't have the proper pass rush to get home on that particular play. And there's a mention in the piece about the need to have someone in case of the Xavier Howard possible suspension that could be a real possibility. The top draft options for me there are Damon Arnett of Ohio State. He has that physical brand, that competitive nature, and can really lock guys up opposite Xavier Howard, but you do worry about his long speed. AJ Terrell of Clemson has that physical nature and the long speed to go with it, but you have some concerns about his national championship performance against Jamar Chase, but then again, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow beat everybody they faced this year, and I thought Terrell was in good position on plenty of those plays. This kid is talented and can flat out play the position. I like him in round two. Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. I'm not as big of a fan of his. I thought he was beat like Terrell was in that national championship game, but more consistently throughout the season. Jeff Gladney from TCU. This is one of my favorite players in the draft. He can run, he can hit, he can cover, he can track the football. They're going to love him. He has some of the smoothest feet in the entire draft class. And then Florida's CJ Henderson. I know Kevin Dern loves his game. His tackling concerns me, but as Kevin mentioned to me, did Terrell Rivas really tackle that much? Not the biggest deal in the world, even though Brian Flores has has that atop his checklist for the cornerback position. But you also wonder how this team might construct the secondary based upon the safety play. Again, in case you're new to the podcast, the Patriots run a lot of their nickel package with three safeties on the field. So that means two cornerbacks and three safeties out there. And it means you need a safety who can come down and cover in the slot, which is sort of an in vogue thing at this stage of the NFL in 2019-2020. Safeties have to play the slot. And we've heard Brian Flores praise Antoine Winfield Sr. as his favorite cornerback to ever play. And we know that his son, Antoine Winfield Jr., is one of the best safety prospects in football right now. And I really can't think of a better fit to give this defense more versatility across more packages. First, his range is unrivaled. I saw a clip on Twitter from my buddy and fellow draft analyst Russell Brown, where Winfield starts off as a robber into the boundary, the short side of the field, and he goes from that far hash all the way over to the field side side sideline and makes a play on a backside crossing route. Just unbelievable ball skills and range, and those ball skills led to the best production in the entire country. He had more combined picks and PBUs than anybody in college football he's a missile and run support and as a blitzer and he can move up over the slot and cover that way I just think about what he does to this defense on his own, but also what he does for Bobby McCain, because then from there, you can play your single high press man coverage. They play it more than anybody in football. And those two guys in the field together, McCain and possibly Winfield, will allow you to disguise all your coverages. And that only serves to help the pass rush out. And finally, we know about Bill Belichick playing starters on special teams. We saw Brian Flores do the same thing this year. Winfield's gonna be the first guy down the field covering kicks for you every single time. A true four down play. But why stop there with Winfield? Why not make it a second round safety party and add California's Ashton Davis too? I mean, that could be the extent of your secondary investment. For the next several years, you'd have Howard, Logan Ryan, Antoine Winfield, and Ashton Davis all under contract for the next four years. And then you develop Nick Needham, Tay Hayes, or whatever crop of undrafted free agents you bring in this year for your depth purposes. Davis has similar range to Winfield. He's a four-time All-American track athlete at Cal. He won the 100 meters four straight times, which if you're wondering, that's where Track teams put their best athletes, but he also plays the position like a quarterback, possibly the smartest defender in this entire draft class. Oh, and the kicker there, he played his college ball under Dolphins defensive coach, defensive backs coach, rather, Gerald Alexander, who also happens to be an exceptional Twitter follow, by the way. Go check him out. I just believe in making strong areas of your roster and making them stronger, make them a league best at something, and a secondary of Howard, Ryan, McCain, Winfield, Davis, Needham, and then develop depth beyond that sounds like an instant turnaround for a great secondary that can be the identity of this defense. And that edge position has great depth in the draft anyway, and free agency also has quite a bit of fruit to bear up front in that group as well. And on that topic of edge players and free agency, I've had multiple people now tell me that Kyle Van Noy is going to be high on Miami's list of possible free agents if he gets free from New England. We'll have more on that in segment number two, Now, back to the Barry Jackson piece. The wide receiver position was the only one that Miami feels they're plenty good enough at where they can probably ignore it in the draft altogether. In the Jackson piece, he uses a quote from Alan Hearns, who called the unit stacked, and they mentioned that maybe Miami will go after the receiver class in the third day of the draft, but nothing beyond that. They talk about Preston Williams, how he's on track to be ready for training camp, which by the way, is just five and a half months away. I know everybody's geek for the draft and free agency, but man, I can't wait to see these guys together on the field. That's the real holiday for me, and I will be there again this year and the next year and the next year after that to bring you guys the best Dolphins camp coverage, just like we did in 2019. Hearns said of Williams, quote, what shocked me was his route running. You don't see people that size that long who are able to get in and out of breaks with 50-50 balls. He's coming down with that. He's going to be a problem, end quote. We heard Xavier Howard call Williams a future number one receiver at training camp. I saw it with my own two eyes, watching him dominate practice every single day, vertically in the red zone. You name it, he was doing it. He was the one guy consistently catching balls against Howard. Then, of course, there was his season, which was terrific till it ended prematurely to the injury. And the last note I want to touch on here in this article is a quote from Hearns on Ryan Fitzpatrick where the receiver says of his quarterback, quote, his energy is 24-7. You know how most quarterbacks have to be locked in and serious all the time? He's having fun. He comes to the huddle making jokes. He was getting sacked a lot. He doesn't complain about that. He's the oldest guy on the team, but plays like he's five years old. No stress. His energy is unmatched. You just don't see that for a quarterback, especially in the NFL. That reminds me of Tuatonga vailoa similar presence and spirit and uplifting nature. Man, I can't wait to be around that quarterback room next year. Should be a lot of fun for the Dolphins. There's some more notes in here about Super Bowl ratings, Miami's hype video they posted on the official social media accounts immediately after the big game, but I'm not going to read into that anyway. I mean, come on, why would you? And then, lastly, in the piece from Barry Jackson, a note about Tom Brady and the Pats, which is going to bat lead off for us in segment number two here. But first, before we do that, if images of the best secondary in the NFL and a Kyle Van Noy signing isn't enough to get you excited, then you got to check out Blue Chew. Bluechew.com, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, free agency, draft night, training camp, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever your number is called. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, they've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Big shout out to Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald for his unrivaled reporting. We use his content to provide commentary on the podcast all the time. Plus, Barry is one of the nicest guys you can ever meet. He and I had, I don't want to call it beef on Twitter before training camp last season. I just said something I shouldn't have about a column of his and it was not in the proper taste from me. And he approached me and talked to me about it, and I apologized to him. And he was so gracious and grateful about the apology that it just really resonated with me. And there's kind of like this original Founders Club mentality when it comes to beat writers. At least that's what I've been told from other teams and other cities. But for the most part, the Dolphins beat was not like that. And a guy like Barry Jackson doing what he did made this rookie feel super comfortable in my first training camp. So again, Barry, you're the man. Keep doing what you do. Let's go ahead and finish up his piece on the Herald. One position where the Dolphins feel they're good enough and another where they're not. And there have been some Tom Brady speculation articles out there. I know, get those clicks in while you can. It's the time of year for that. I just, I never understood the idea of like, here's what might happen in two months. Like, just wait for two months for it to happen. I don't understand how those sites survive. Whatever, that's neither here nor there. But the article up on the Miami Herald pretty much puts that idea to rest. From Stephen Ross, quote, We're a team that's building and I don't know why he would really want to come to the Dolphins. He's one of the fiercest competitors there is, and we're at the stage with the Dolphins trying to really build a team for the future, end quote. That doesn't sound to me like a guy who's interested in bringing in a 43-year-old quarterback for $30 million next season, and this comes on the heels of that Super Bowl Sunday report that the Patriots would in fact pay Tom Brady $30 bucks to return to Foxborough next season, and then his stupid Hulu ad pretty much confirmed that report. Well, I mean, I just rewatched watched a Week 17 game against the Patriots, because I've watched that like 10 times now. And that dude couldn't handle a Dolphins defense that allowed better than 30 points per game this year. So go ahead and pay him that money. I don't care because if you do pay him, that takes away from the kitty of money available to pay guys like Joe Tooney, to pay Kyle Van Noy, maybe even to retain Devin McCourty. And those are the three guys I'd be all over for the Dolphins in free agency, especially the one in the middle who is just the ideal part to drop into this front seven and for it to get immediately better at the biggest area of need on that defense. And in the first segment, I told you that I believe if he hits free agency, he'll have a day one offer on his table from the Dolphins. That's an opinion I've had for some time, but now... I've heard that that might be a reality from a few different people. So no real surprise there. But you talk about what he affords you. Van Noy's going to be just 29 years old in March. He's six foot three, 250 pounds, 32-inch arms. He came out lauded for his athletic ability to move laterally as a stand-up two-point player. So you can see where his inside-outside rush versatility comes into play. And that's what this defense so desperately needs. A guy that can play seven or eight spots on that front seven and play 900 reps a year for you. This dude picked up 60 total pressures last year, so when you see his six and a half sacks, again, that's just not what this defense does. It drops coverage and it gets pressure through games and contain rush trying to hold guys like Pat Mahomes and Lamar Jackson from making plays off schedule because they believe that they can outcoach you and force the player to lose from within the structure by preventing him from getting outside of the structure when plays do break down. And Van Noy does a good job forcing the quarterback to get the ball out in under three seconds against those seven and eight man coverages. Like, good luck beating a defensive coverage with eight man when you get pressure in three seconds. It's tough to do. So, 60 total pressures. 33 run stops, that's major, major production. We're talking about nearly 100 plays where he's making a direct impact on a negative play, a direct play on the football. 100 snaps out of the 890 he played last season, and that's not counting the plays where he did something that didn't show up in the box score or the stat sheet. He had green grades across the board in run defense, pass rush, and coverage on pro football focus, played 92 coverage snaps, 319 rundown reps, and 464 pass rush reps. Those 33 run stops were topped only by Joey Bosa on edge defenders, Joey, not Nick, and those 60 pressures ranked 16th in the league. He also had 19 TFLs in his three full years with the Patriots, five forced fumbles, nine pass breakups, and a pick. And the best part about all that, you can probably get him at a considerable discount because one, he's not a fit in all schemes and two, his lower sack total doesn't garner a contract over like $10 million per year. His last contract was for two years and under six million dollars per year. So I'm thinking you can get this done for something like maybe three years, 24 million, and you have a massive, massive problem solved just like that. You only paid eight million dollars to solve perhaps your biggest problem on defense. That's like Cameron Wake value, who year after year took team friendly money, and you could get something like that similar with Kyle Van Noy. So for the tenth or so time now, I expect Van Noy to be a day one signing for your Miami Dolphins, and I can't wait to dive into that film when it happens. Another player I like on the Patriots defense right now, Devin McCourty, and he could be a one, maybe a two-year rental, which would give you some time, some protection against my initial idea of drafting Winfield and Davis as they develop, or maybe you could use one of those picks on another player, like a tailback or an edge rusher, and just roll with a combination of McCourty and Winfield or McCourty and Davis. McCourty could really serve as a captain of that defense to help you accelerate the learning curve for all the new parts we're going to have. On that side of the ball, including two new coaches. McCordy could really advance the learning curve for Gerald Alexander, Coach Kirk Kuntz, and if he wants a change of scenery, even though he said he would retire before he leaves New England, that makes me think the only one other place is suitable that he'd consider playing for with Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins. He was the one that presented Flores with his humanitarian award that he won a few years back. It was some charitable contribution. I forget what it was. Forgive me for that. And if you go back to the season finale win, McCordy was the first guy on the field to greet Flores and congratulate him on his win. Those two guys have a great relationship. He's 32 years old. I know he's old, but he's still elite at the position. But for a year, maybe two, that's a great leader to get into your building to produce And set an example for the young guys on your roster, not to mention to Captain Gerald Alexander's defensive backs room. We hashed out Joe Tooney a lot on this podcast, and I do think he'll collect top dollar for a guard this offseason, and that's why I think New England lets him walk, and that's why I think Miami will stay away from his services, generally speaking. Unless, of course, he's willing to accept less than top of the market money at guard. Then maybe the Finns have a shot. But I also tend to think that idea might have fizzled out a little bit more with the dismissal of Chad O'Shea and the departure of Jerry Szaplinski. So I'm all in on the idea of Van Noy. Love the idea of McCordy and Joe Tooney is awesome left guard, but the price could be too high. Another guy I'm curious about, and this is off the beaten path in terms of free agent top spending money out there on the open market, Vic Beasley, and the idea of reclamation projects. Now, The reason that this guy's on our radar is because he played in college at Clemson with Marion Hobby. He's had low sack totals over his career. This could possibly be a prove-it deal where Miami cashes in on a player who has one last chance in the professional ranks. I'd have to look closer at his film, but I'm betting there's a conversation inside that building where they will defer to Marion Hobby and ask him if he thinks he can find a role and coach Beasley up into an impact role on this defense. You have to remember, not every impact player you acquire is going to be a premium resource. If it were that easy, everybody would just do it. You have to hit on guys like Eric Rowe, who signed a one-year $3 million deal and is now a mainstay in this Dolphins defense. You have to have fines like Devontae Parker and sign that guy for dirt cheap only to go out and produce better than all but two or three receivers in the National Football League. And now, He's on a super ridiculously cheap deal for a bona fide number one receiver that changes the way defenses have to plan for you. You've got Preston Williams falling in the draft because of character concerns and showing up in training camp and preseason and the regular season with number one likability. You go back to 2013 with Brent Grimes, signed a one-year $5 million deal here off an injury These types of reclamations are why good coaches get paid the big bucks and ones that I feel good about when you consider the entire Miami staff is predicated on guys that can teach and coach people up. So yes, consider Vic Beasley. If he wants more than 5 or $6 million per year on a one or two year deal, then you hang up the phone, but you have to at least pick up the phone and make that call. Okay, one more segment to go on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. We'll talk about those tricky fins. But first, to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or pay a ton for overpriced fitness equipment. The best way to get in the best shape of your life is with Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their X1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high quality at-home cycling experience at at least half the price of a Peloton. Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms and dads, first responders and elite athletes. Whatever your activity level, Echelon has the product for you. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you aren't 100% satisfied, we'll give you your money back. Not me, they will. Join the hundreds of thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com slash on NFL to learn about their limited time free Apple iPad and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash on NFL echelonfit.com slash on NFL. We talked about receivers in the first and second segments of this podcast. We have some receiver news. The Dolphins have extended a contract for Ricardo Lewis, the former Cleveland Browns receiver who signed here last year and was replaced, was placed rather, on injured reserve. So his time with the Dolphins does not come to an end. We'll see you in camp, Ricardo. There's also still no information on the international game the Dolphins will play this year. Of course, we know by now Miami loses a home game to the international series. On Tuesday, it was announced the Jacksonville Jaguars would play two games in London, back-to-back home games. That will not, however, feature a Miami Dolphins road game. That's just me speculating, but I don't think they're going to have the Dolphins travel to London twice, especially when they have four games on the Pacific time zone and the mountain time zone out here out west. So no news yet, but we'll get you guys the first information on that as soon as we find it other news across the NFL the Dolphins have the second worst Super Bowl odds they are 101 to win the Super Bowl that's tied with Washington and only the Bengals are worse at 125 to 1 Arizona's up next above the Dolphins and Washington and Bengals at 75 to 1 and the Giants are up there at 60 to 1 on the next level and I'll bet my mortgage the Dolphins are better than the Giants next year either way they're flying under the radar again good for the Dolphins. That's the way we want it here. I think Miami's going to surprise some people next year and then be a real contender as early as 2021. Okay, to close this podcast up a little bit of fun, I went through each of the trick plays Miami ran this season and I came back with 11 and I would like to get your guys' input if I missed any of these, so let me know if I did. I counted 11 total trick plays that did not include wildcat snaps or onside kicks, things like that. It was mostly double passes, fake punts or fake field goals, flea flickers, that sort of thing. And on those 11 plays, the Dolphins were successful on seven of the eleven. The four plays that did not work, we had a double pass sack on Albert Wilson in the game in Buffalo. We had a fake punt against Cleveland that did not work to Patrick Laird, an incomplete fake punt pass from Matt Hawk to Deion Lacey, your punter to your linebacker in the finale, and another incompletion in that game against the Patriots from Wilson to Smythe on a halfback pitch to Wilson where he then threw it to the tight end. So those four plays did not work, but the seven that did work, a Kalen Balazs five-yard run on a jet sweep on punt formation after they shifted to to a Wildcat type of package. He picked up the first down there on a fourth and three right around midfield against Washington. Matt Hawk had a fake field goal, two-yard run on fourth and one at the three-yard line against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. We all know about the Mountaineer shoot, the trick play that won play of the year at the NFL Honors Awards. Matt Hawk to Jason Sanders for the touchdown. We had the flea flicker against the Bengals for 51 yards. Fitzpatrick to Devontae Parker, which put him over a 1,000 yards for the season. On that same drive, I'm going to call this a trick play because Christian Wilkins at fullback is not normal. He has a one yard touchdown reception on a little flare into the flat. So another successful play there. Isaiah Ford had an 11 yard run on a broken down reverse pass. He was supposed to throw it. Didn't work. Winds up picking up a first down with his legs. Another success there. Then a double pass screen throwback from Albert Wilson to Patrick Laird. And that play would have been a touchdown if there was just a little bit more explosion from the ball carrier, at least in my opinion. So in total, these plays led to 24 points on those drives where Miami were successful on the seven plays the fake punt to Laird backfired the only one of these plays that backfired and resulted in a touchdown on the following series as Cleveland scored a touchdown on a short field and I did remove the possibility of counting it against Miami if they later converted so for instance if Albert Wilson takes that sack the Dolphins had a first down after that from Mark Walton so I didn't count the points after that drive because that play did not ruin Miami's drive so 24 points up seven points down Miami's trickery was a net 17 points pretty 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 good and I think that's a good note to go ahead and end this edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast we have two more shows this week we'll do some mailbag questions for you guys again the dead period right now no really new coaching news to talk about not really any free agents we can continue talking about draft prospects and roster building ideas and we'll do that but I do want to hear from you guys more on the Twitter mailbag, so we'll have that for the next two shows, but as for today's show, that is going to be my time, you all please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcast leave us a rating, leave us a review, check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams, follow me on Twitter at NFL. follow the show at Locked On Fins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com you guys have a great rest of your night, we'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked on Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.